Oxidox 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 Hello, I'm John Frankie Kendi, the host of Oxidox. Unfortunately, due to illness, we haven't got a usual episode of the podcast for you this month. Instead, we're doing a feed swap with one of our favourite shows, Margie's Meaty Moments. If you love it as much as we do, then there's 42 other previous episodes to gorge yourself on. Enjoy. Nice to meet you, friends. Welcome to Margie's Meaty Moments. I'm Margaret Pebblethwaite, but my friends call me Margie. Get comfy in your pew for what is unbelievably, somehow, episode 43 of my little podcast. Now, some housekeeping. Following my interview last time with vegan activist Stephanie Dorden, I've been asked by my lawyers to make it clear that with regards to cannibalism, the views seemingly espoused last month by myself are not that of the podcast, myself, any of our advertisers, or our network, Flop and Pop Podcast Media. We do, however, stand by our comments about dogs being an underutilised form of human sustenance. Now, revisiting that whole debacle has left a nasty taste in my mouth, so let's move on to happier things. Margie's Meat of the Month. This month, for the 12th month running, it's venison. Whether hand-reared, slaughtered and butchered by countless butchers, or mown down in a clapped-out Renault Aventine on a dark country road following answers to your fervent prayers to God that it wasn't a lost hitchhiker, deer is still the best meat to put on your plate. Whether venison tartare or a carbonised haunch, this rich gamey meat is much more than the fancy goat some have dubbed it. And to prove the naysayers wrong, I've another of Margie's mouth-watering menu makes to share. And remember, we don't fear fusion on this show, we embrace it. Without further ado, this month is my own recipe, and as to what to call it, no idea. That's the name, no idea. Now, for this you'll need the following. One carp, eight to ten pounds, all intact. Eight pounds of bottom round venison, two onions, one clove of garlic, fennel, excerebration hook, suet, meat hammer, mincing machine, piping bag, and nozzle. Now first set your oven to 180 degrees. Now grease up a large dish with your suet, and leave this to one side. Beat your meat with a hammer until the meat strands are frayed in a manner akin to old gym shoelaces. Place these tendrils into the mincer and mince, mince, mince. Finally, dice the onions, garlic and fennel, then mix with your minced venison. Cover and place in the fridge to chill. Now take your exabration hook and use it to remove the eyes of the carp. Try not to pop them as the vitreous humour can give the dish a sour taste. Then delicately, via the eye holes, remove all the internal organs of the fish, leaving the muscles and fat deposits inside. It should take no more than three hours to remove all of the fish's innards in this manner. Once this is done, remove your venison from your chiller and fill the piping bag with it. Pipe the mixture into the fish via the occipital cavity. Now be careful not to rupture the fish at any point. You may wish to sew the mouth and vent of the carp closed to avoid loss of meat. Now ideally, when you're done, the carp should be plump from this process, but not swollen, with a small amount of venison protruding from each eye socket. Now transfer your carp to your greased pan and leave it to cook for 2 hours 20 minutes. Serve as soon as ready, sliced, akin to a viennetta, or eat it all yourself in the midnight dark of the kitchen, like a mint viennetta. Personally, I like to serve this dish with a lemongrass salad and potatoes dauphinois. However you serve it though, your guests will marvel at its elegant yet sophisticated centrepiece. If you make it, please send us pictures on our socials. I love to see these creations out in the wild. Now, in the words of Fritz Beeb, oh boy, 
it's time for the part of the show where we move away from Epicurean delights to focus on the lights, camera, action of Hollywood. That's right, the only true example of cinema since Lloyd dangled from that clock, Steven Spielberg's masterpiece, The Post. Now, as ever, I'm warning you of spoilers in this section of the show, but I can't imagine there are any meatheads left who haven't seen The Post. But just in case, stop this podcast and watch The Post before carry on. Are we all caught up? Now then let's carry on. We left things last month at the bottom of page 42 with Lally and Kay sitting in the backyard reading documents. We pick up at the top of page 43 of the script, written by Josh Singer and Liz Hanna. As ever, forgive my appalling attempts at accents. I'm no Meryl Streep. <coughs> Lally. Were well, you expecting someone? Kay. Nope. Lally. I'll go check. Lally leaves. Kay looks back to Catherine and watches her play in the yard. A look of concern begins to cloud Kay's face as Catherine begins to twirl in the grass. Kay. Catherine, slow down. Catherine giggles and starts spinning faster. Her feet pounding the ground and her arms out beside her. Kay continued. Catherine, I said stop. Catherine doesn't hear her. She throws her arms above her head and in one violent leap loses her balance and crumbles to the ground, hidden in the tall grass. Kay is up in an instant, running to her granddaughter. Kay continued. Catherine! Lally! Lally! Kay approaches, fearful of what she'll find where Catherine was once in action. She finds Catherine on her back, gazing at the sky, a look of fascination on her face. Her arms move as if she's making a grass angel. In the background, Lally runs towards them. Kay continued, panicked. Are you alright? Catherine. Look here! Kay, you scared me. I asked you to. Catherine put in. Okay, it's a red. Kay looks up to the sky and sees the rising moon is a deep red. Kay seems to get momentarily lost in the sight of it. I'll give you a moment to get your emotions in check there, because that's powerful, life-affirming words on the page. A mind-blowing, existential revelation on the screen, though. Now, clearly, Catherine is a funhouse mirror version of Kay. Not literally, but thematically. And her granddaughter represents her inner child that Kay has had to slay in order to get ahead in a man's world. Seeing Catherine fall, she's terrified of history repeating. But, seeing Catherine fall, but then not be consumed and to retain her childlike wonder, begins to unlock Kay's repressed childlike joy and wonder. But more on that on page 44 next time. Now to all my fellow gout sufferers out there, I've been blown away by the way in which you embraced our social media campaign, hashtag shoutaboutgout. It was trending in 30 countries last month, with celebrities like Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dame Muffy Calder, and the 2012 Britain's Got Talent bronze medalists, New Bounce, all tweeting out in support. So remember everyone, Keep shouting about every time your gout flares up. Ah, my gout! Hashtag shout about gout. And keep letting everyone know that it's not just a rich man's disease anymore. Equality. We're nearly there. And until then, keep drinking that water and eating those bananas. That's all we've got time for this month. But thank you so much for listening. And let me leave you with another poem sent in by loyal listener Hattie Proud. Now Hattie is dear to my heart and is our resident bard, who makes us laugh, cry, 
hope and fear, month in and month out with her verses on the wonders of meat. Now she tells me this poem is in the formula Espanella, a Spanish style of poetry, and it has astounded me and opened my eyes anew to the wonders around us. Thank you, Hattie. You inspire me. So to close the show, Hattie's latest magnus opus, simply titled Jambon. Jambon by Hattie Proud. Every good pig wants to be ham. They line up to fulfil their fate. Trotters eager to reach the plate, seeking the razor like Occam. Compare them to the little lamb, who fight destiny bleat by bleat, warm blood pooling on cold concrete. Sow and sheep end in distinct ways, different approach to end of days, though they both will soon just be meat. See you next month for more of Margie's Meaty Moments. Thank you for listening to Orcs of Dorks presents Margie's Meaty Moments. In this episode you heard John Tracky Kennedy and Margaret Pebblethwaite. All music heard on today's episode was licensed under a Creative Commons license and can be found on freemusicarchive.org. The Orcs or Dorks episode theme is Make It Drums by Daedalus. The Margie's Meaty Moments theme is Sousa's Thunderer March by Free Tim. Margie's bedding music is Little Green Men by Hollandsener CCO. And the poetry bed is Giancini Rossini Drans de Vashes by Kevin MacLeod. All sound effects were sourced from freesound.org. Margie can be found on Twitter at Margie's Meat, where she posts her recipes, gout activism, and links to her show on a regular basis. Whereas you can find all of our past episodes at orksadorks.podbean.com. Our email is jfk at orksadorks.co.uk, and we're on Twitter at johnloves40k. Thanks for listening.